Hello dear listeners and welcome to a ever so slightly delayed episode of The Partial Historians. We do apologise for holding you back for a few days because I know we left you sitting on tenterhooks, but it was a very special occasion. The young lady sitting next to me is now not so young. (laughs) Cruel. So cruel. Happy birthday, my dear Dr. Greenfield. (laughs) Thank you, Dr. Radford. (laughs) So, where did we leave things last time? It was a bit of a cliffhanger, I think. It was. Caligula running on his way, doing his thing, dead. (laughs) Ah, so short a rule. (laughs) Possibly the best, uh, given the circumstances. Yeah, so we we leave him sort of blood draining from his body. Yes. Somewhere in the royal household. Stabbed multiple times. Mm. 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 What was going to happen next? Was there a plan? It doesn't seem like there was a real plan. plan, Um, Kind of a bit like the assassination of Julius Caesar, one might argue. There wasn't any real after plan. (laughs) No after plan? No after plan. (laughs) I think that is a word. (laughs) There was the plan, and and then there wasn't much of a... Yeah, there was nothing to follow up on on the plan. You do the deed... You end up in shock and you think to yourself, who's that guy hiding behind the curtain? <laughs> Why, I think it's Claudius. <laughs> He's a member of the Imperial family, is he not? They're like, what is he doing there? Yeah. Uh, so the apocryphal story goes that, you know, uh, after the Praetorians, mm. the ones who have gone through and actually done the stabby on old Caligula, <laughs> find uh, Claudius hiding in a corner or behind a curtain or... Anyway, he's... he was trying to make himself inconspicuous. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, he failed. Yeah. <laughs> um, they kind of secret him away uh, yes. from the royal household. And presumably, I mean, this has been a little bit of a bloodbath in the sense of not only is Caligula dead, but his wife at the time mm. is also killed, and his baby daughter, her head is apparently smashed against a wall. So they're obviously out. <laughs> well, you can see why Game of Thrones became inspired. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're out for blood, blood yes. imperial people. Yes. You might think that Claudius is in danger, but seemingly the Praetorians realised, well, we only exist because the Emperor exists, perhaps. Well, I'm not even sure that they've realised that far. Yeah. There, are, there are sort of rumours and speculation that yes. Claudius has far more to do uh, with the organisation of the assassination mm. of Caligula than, than what one would have you believe than what he's generally given credit for yes uh, certainly it seems like there's a bloodbath uh, imperial members are being killed yep. left right and centre where they but can be found Claudius. but not Claudius yeah this leaves him in a bit of a sticky position yeah and this I suppose is a good chance to actually say that this would perhaps be surprising given the tone our sources generally adopt with Claudius because mm. Claudius, of course, was not what you would call a well-respected person. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, he he cops a lot of uh, fire for his physical disability. Yeah, and we should probably say, I mean, basically, Claudius is older than Caligula. He's actually his uncle. Mm. Um, But... Caligula was, you know, the one who was going to wind up in Young, power because Claudius fresh. was never really considered. You mm. know, he was always sort of shunted to the side, like, his entire life. He's the guy that's looked over. And, and we can see this especially in the fact that he starts off as an equestrian. Yes. They don't, even though he's from the Imperial, uh, family. From the Imperial yeah. <laughs> family, they don't give him the position as an elevated senatorial rank like everybody else seems to get really quite quickly. Exactly. As soon as they can and get even, it. And even when the Senate seems to want to give him at least some privileges, even though they're not making him a senator, mm. um, in the reign of Tiberius, Tiberius kind of says, well, don't be ridiculous, take it back. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to do that to that guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not Just him. Back away. Just yeah, back away. Yeah. 
Uh, so he's a bit of the black is. sheep. He is. And the thing, the thing I suppose that's most frustrating for us in this regard is that we can't really say for certain what it is about Claudius that makes him... Yeah, we don't know exactly what the physical deformity was. No, and if we look at some of the symptoms that he's described with having, yeah, uh, this idea that he was sickly in body, yeah, uh, his head and hands shook slightly. So this is coming from Dio, yeah, and he's he has trouble with his voice, but once he gets started, he's okay. Yeah, there were various things like these sort of symptoms are. Not very specific. No, we can't don't say for sure. Very much. No. He's had it all his all of his life, though. So yes. I mean, I, I perhaps, have to say we have perhaps. to love we have to love the uh, the statement uh, <laughs> from his own mother. Apparently, uh, yeah, <laughs> his this own is where mother. Get shocking. Yeah, apparently said that Claudius was as monstrous a specimen of humanity whom nature made a start on but never completed. Ouch. <laughs> Thanks, Mum, for your support. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and, you know, this is, um, I suppose we should probably say something about where Claudius actually comes from, where he sits in the scheme of things. Yeah, well, it's a complicated process. Um, he's essentially the... He is descended from Augustus, but through <laughs> Augustus's sister, essentially, Octavia. And he's also descended from Mark Antony. Because basically, his mother was Antonia. She was one of the children of Octavia and Mark Antony. Mm. And on his father's side, he is related to Livia. Um, because his father is... this The illustrious Drusus. Oh, yes, Claudius Nero, yeah. <laughs> brother of Tiberius. And you can easily understand, you know, for regular listeners, you'll start to realise why Claudius was so easily <laughs> overlooked. Because, of course, that would mean that one of his... His brother, his brother is Germanicus. Germanicus. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this is a family of contrasts. You've got on the one side Germanicus, the golden child. Yeah. And then you've got Claudius, who seems to stutter and have some sort of physical ailment. Yeah. And, and the Romans aren't kind in the same way that modern society is no. kind and compassionate towards people with difficulties physically no. and mentally. They, they basically crucify him yeah. for most of his life because of this. <laughs> yeah. He seems to have been quite intelligent. So yes, one yes. of the suggestions, one of the hypotheses for uh, what was Claudius's yeah. illness is yeah. cerebral palsy. Yep, yep. Uh, slight palsy. Yes. Yeah, 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 a slight palsy, which mm. doesn't compromise his intelligence at all. And we no. know that he was very interested in study and histories. Yes. And he wrote a history of the uh, oh, only, Wars. If only we had it. <laughs> well, I'd be really interested to know where he finishes the date of the Civil Wars. Absolutely, uh, yeah. How swayed is he by family allegiance <laughs> on this particular issue? I'd love oh, to just know. Just his opinion on anything, I would love to see. And that's just it. I mean, basically, because he's not really picked up and, you know, made something of, you know, he's not put into he's the military. He's not given a political career no, in any no, way. No. They really leave him off to the sidelines. They basically say, look, study is probably the best way you could go about your life. Exactly. Stay so, in a corner. Yeah, he's such a black sheep. He's equestrian. He's just, you know, at his books. You know, mm. he, he's not really... I mean, you get occasional glimpses of the possibilities of the future in that... Look, he's Tony's token sort yeah, of gestures. Exactly, like, he's yeah. a member of certain priesthoods. Like, yes. under Augustus, he becomes an augur. Exactly. And, and doesn't Augustus also mention um, apparently, this is according to Suetonius in one of his letters, that he was pleasantly surprised mm. at how well Claudius actually was able to speak in public as opposed to presumably how he was in private. <laughs> Who'd have thought? The yeah. man has the potential for origin. Yeah, I mean, you kind of get this sense of it's, it's a letter that very much sounds like, well, damn me, Livia, if your <laughs> Claudius didn't give me quite a surprise today. <laughs> Um, so yeah, you get glimpses that he is capable, definitely, and definitely. he isn't completely ignored, but almost. <laughs> well, he certainly comes in a bit more into his own under Caligula. Yes. This is where he's really taken 
under the wing of an emperor and made something of. He's yes. offered the co-consulship. Yeah, which is Caligula. quite a jump in status. This is this is huge. <laughs> yeah. So obviously he's no longer an equestrian necessarily. Yep. yep. He's finally escaped that rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, Caligula being Caligula, Caligula perhaps yeah. there are there are a few stories of things going wrong for Claudius during his uh, co-consulship. Things like being pushed into the river yep. while fully clothed because Caligula's in a foul mood. Yeah, and uh, that's kind of picked up in uh, the movie Caligula. If anyone's ever seen that, don't watch it. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, yeah. be tempted, but just be warned. Yeah, yeah. He gets Claudius. You know, seems like an idiot. He's sitting around laughing, and Caligula pushes him into Tiberius little bathing pool <laughs> to the great amusement of everyone else um, so yeah he is kind of the butt of Caligula's jokes yeah so uh, there's, there seems there seems to be a, quite a change between being like yeah Claudius we're buddies now and being like I hate you or, yes exactly why typical you Caligula yeah. <laughs> quit hitting yourself quit hitting yourself yeah and and maybe this would be enough to prompt Claudius into drastic action Ooh. oh 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 no you, you look, didn't yeah if you're looking for a motive if yeah. you want to back up that sort of claim of Claudius's involvement. Yeah. Absolutely. Because this is basically, um, as we talked about last time, when Caligula is assassinated, it's generally physically by people who are, you know, associated with Praetorian Guard, yeah, military so people. Just to clarify, yeah. the Praetorian yeah. Guard is something that's being developed yes. sort of bit by bit uh, through Augustus and, mm. and after him. It becomes essentially the personal bodyguard yes. of the imperial family. Yeah. Uh, we certainly don't see any trace of it in the Republic. No. It's something. Like <laughs> <laughs> but it's something that's now becoming increasingly important and having public significance and influencing events. Yes. So we're seeing a really interesting transition in terms of how imperialism is working in Rome Absolutely. through the new rule of Claudius. So. Yes. So narrative wise, yes. so the Praetorians have done the business. Yeah, they've done the business. They've found Who's Claudius. Ooh. Ooh. We don't know. No, was Claudius involved? We don't well, know. But there's speculation yeah. that just about everybody was involved. Exactly. Yeah. I think, <laughs> think by this stage, everyone hates Caligula. <laughs> there are so many options, Anyone that really. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's interesting is that the Praetorians spirit Caligula, uh, sorry, Claudius away yes. from the imperial household. So. Yes. They take him away from the Cavaline Hill to one of their and camps, they take him to yeah. the Praetorian camp, which yeah. is basically on the other side of the city. Yep. Uh, and they secrete him there for, <laughs> for you know, yeah, a yeah, while. For, for yeah, for a day or two. Yeah. yeah. And as far as we can tell, the Senate don't really know that Claudius has survived. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it's, any, it's anyone's guess at this stage. Yeah, yeah. the Senate have met. And they they seem to be deciding whether they should revert back to a republic at this stage, mm. or indeed what would be the best course of action. Yeah. And but then, but then word <laughs> word arrives. Yes. Word arrives that Claudius lives and has been acclaimed imperator by the Praetorians mm. and the soldiery in the camp. Yes. And I believe that sometime after this event. Some nice little donatives find their way into. <laughs> when the, and hands. when you say little, you mean excessively yeah. large. <laughs> so, what kind of deals are being dealt? <laughs> Uh, so yeah, the sources yeah. place the uh, the donatives to the soldiers that yes. that Claudius offers at fifteen thousand sesterces. Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> to put that into some sort of context, five years' pay in advance. Yeah. 
that's probably enough reason to claim him <laughs> I'd emperor. I'd be taking that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Especially since, as we pointed out, if there is no emperor, there probably is going to be no Praetorian Guard. <laughs> so it kind of works out well be like, on yes, every level. Yes, please. Yes. <laughs> I'd exactly. love to be paid. Yeah, exactly. So Claudius embarks on his imperial career. Yeah, and things seem to go quite smoothly in the beginning. Mm. Uh, the Senate decides to recognise him, so that's good. Yep. Uh, he's got the backing of the soldiers, so they're in a bit of a rock and a hard place. They can't really say no at this stage. Exactly. Exactly, ticking that um, box. <laughs> he gets given all of the good things, yep. all of the tribunal to test the package stars. deal. Yeah. yeah, and he accepts the title of Pater Patriae mm-hmm. later in the same uh, year, so yep. everything seems to be going smoothly. And then he settles into the business of being emperor. Yeah. And this is, I suppose, where he starts to encounter like some, some niggledy problems in that he and the Senate, you know, kind of a bit like Tiberius, although perhaps not as extreme as that, but they they don't always seem to just get along as well as you would like. You know, he, yeah. he seems to face some issues when it comes to the Senate. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And this leads to all sorts of problems. Mm. Um, we see a heightened level of proscriptions yes. under Claudius in the end when he finds it difficult to get what he wants and to negotiate. Mm. He does bring issues to them. He's far more active in his participation For sure. he doesn't and relationship yeah, with yeah, the Senate than, absolutely. say, Tiberius was. For sure. Yeah. Uh, but when he strikes, strikes difficulty, he seems to go down the path of punishment. Yeah, and that basically the prescriptions would be where, you know... Confiscate property, all those kind of nasty, yeah. You're either nasty, you're either killed or you're yeah. exiled. They find yeah. some sort of crime to put you up on. Exactly. They, My they take, stars yeah. is a good one. They take all <laughs> your worldly goods. <laughs> yeah. So it's going up for a prescription. It's not just bad for you. It's bad for your family as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. And mm. this is the kind of thing that people really. When I say people, I mean people like Tacitus, historian, <laughs> senators. This is the kind of thing that people really disliked under people like Tiberius, mm. you know, and like they, it's a really bad vibe, you know. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. It, it creates yeah. a sense of, of bad feeling. Yes. So you can understand that um, Claudius, while not perhaps necessarily being crucified to the extent that, <laughs> say. Well, it's interesting because this is a slow process. Yes. Because what we see with Claudius is. He gets about, sort of, what, 13, 14 years of rule. Yes, so, which is a decent amount of time considering the previous emperor rule for four. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. So the, despite the, the level of prescriptions overall, yes. there seems to be sort of a gradual increase at certain times rather than others. Sure. And it's worth noting that he comes to power quite late in life. That's He's about true. 4950. Yeah, like that's the thing. He, uh, he, he really emperor. has been overlooked for a significant chunk of his life. <laughs> overlooked, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, he's old. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And so he is a more mature person. Um, and he is obviously intelligent. I mean, you know, mm. he gets the, he gets business done. You know, he, he has these amazing um, building programs in that he you know, finishes two aqueducts. He, yeah, he's interested who, in infrastructure. And, yeah. he, and he seems to have taken... Uh, what he's learnt through his scholarly study of history yes. and sort of how can I apply that into real policy. Absolutely. And he doesn't make the mistakes that someone like Tiberius did in that he is quite happy to um, to indulge the, the plebeian class. You know, he wants them <laughs> to be happy, so he's quite happy to give games. I mean, he seems to enjoy them himself, quite frankly. <laughs> you know, so gladiator shows, all the usual kinds of stuff, you know, the circuses that Juvenal's talking about when he's talking about Brandon Yeah, circuses. yeah. And, but part of this, I think, uh, although this is all good, yeah. part of the problem that Claudius faces as emperor, mm. given his physical condition, yes. uh, given his age and his lack of 
prior experience. experience. Yeah, real experience, yeah. You have to assume that a lot of his activities as emperor is being driven by the need to prove himself totally. worthy of the role. Oh, exactly. And I mean, that's probably why we see, um, you know, in his reign, he's the one that um, goes, you know, returns to Britain, you know. Mm. Um, he, he, he actually, you know, given his physical deformities, we might think, oh, perhaps... You know, perhaps no military role is not right for you, but he does want to actually have a campaign under his belt. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he wants to look like a military man. He's got to have that military pizzazz about him. Yes. He does, there's a lot of things that happen in terms of expansion under Claudius. Yes, exactly. Uh, and, you know, Britain is the one that he really singles out because, of course, uh, one of his children, one of his sons, is given, you know, the, the name Britannicus, mm. you know, in honour of, you know, of this. Yeah, this is the yeah. one that's really commemorated. Exactly. So he's, he's gaining ground in uh, North Africa, uh, gaining ground in the east, gaining ground north of Italy as well, but it's Britannia that stands out. Yeah, and that's in that's in 43, so it's only like, you know, really... A couple only, of years. Yeah, yeah, two years at most, we could say. I mean, maybe a little bit less. Yeah. So he obviously wants to get that out of the way. And, yeah. Britain, <laughs> and Britain has that huge symbolic quality being... The failed conquest of Julius Caesar. Exactly. The man who can conquer just about anything. Anything, exactly. So it, it's a good PR yeah, move. For sure. His, yeah, on his behalf. So he goes on sort of like a six-month tour of duty where he yes. drops into Britain yep. uh, in time to lead what will be the show invasion, yep. essentially, and then tour back home. Yeah. <laughs> Very I mean, smart. He's smart. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so he, he, he definitely has an eye to, as you say, proving himself mm. and making sure he's, you know, he's covering all his bases, you know, in that respect. Um, the problem is, of course, um, when he does run into difficulties in the Senate, as you say, can lead to prescriptions. It also can lead to an increasing amount of business being carried out in the imperial household rather than in the Senate. Yeah, this is probably the most unique feature that we see about Claudius's rule yeah. is the heightened importance given to the freedmen or mm. the household slaves that yeah. surround the imperial Yeah, so basically, um, just to give you a bit of background, um, Rome, like pretty much any ancient society, is a slave-holding society. Um, but in Rome, there was a reasonable chance that you would be freed one day mm. after, you know, ha- you know, look particularly loyal service, whatever the reason, <laughs> you know. Uh, it could be because, you know, a particular, you know, event in your master's life, he might free slaves to commemorate it. Who knows? But you could end up uh, being freed. There was always the yeah. possibility of manumission. Exactly, yeah. And once you were a freed slave, uh, you didn't just go off and... Well, usually there was considered to be still a tie of loyalty. Exactly, yeah. There's still a bond. You yeah, know, you might be freed, but there's but you kind still... of owe your master your freedom. Yeah, so it's kind of like now the... this pietas, if you like, exactly associated in the relationship between the former master yes. and now the freed slave. Exactly. And so a lot of them yeah. stay in Around. the household. Yeah, uh, and they're just employed now. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> How convenient. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just doing my job, and now I get paid for it. Are you for real? Yeah. Um, I like how to do this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's there's really particular benefits for freedmen in the sense that any children that they have after mm. they've been freed yeah. have the possibility of being Roman citizens. Totally, yeah. Uh, given the right circumstances and partner. Yeah. So and People will fight for that. <laughs> yeah. So everybody has the potential, like, if, if you work hard as a freedman, yeah. you will leave a positive legacy for the next generation. Absolutely. And, yeah, so they have this tie. And obviously that becomes particularly important when you're a freedman in the imperial household because mm. you're now in the heart of power. <laughs> <laughs> and the things that you're doing aren't just, you know, oh, inventory. I mean, well, they could be for some people. But for certain freedmen, they weren't just, you know, 
checking out, you know, what needs to be picked up at the grocery. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You they're know, doing like, they're doing real they're, they're doing important work yeah. and, and they're close to the source of power. Absolutely. And And they if, live yeah, they live with him. Very intimate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm. yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean they they really have access like no one else has access. Yeah. So. And we have a standout crowd of figures in yes. In what is classified as the court of Claudius, if yes, you like, yeah, uh, we see a guy called Narcissus, mm. uh, the Ab Epistulus, the uh, <laughs> chief secretary. Uh, <laughs> he seems to be the ringleader, if you like. Yeah, uh, the power does vary. Yeah, at, at times there's yeah. always a sort of like power play yeah. <laughs> between these guys. But this, he's a standout character, absolutely, in terms of um, relationships with Claudius's wives. Yeah, uh, we have Marcus Antonius Pallas. Mm-hmm. Uh, the financial secretary yeah. looking after the imperial fiscus. Mm. <laughs> Will I pay myself some <laughs> Maybe I shall. <laughs> Callistus yes. is the chief secretary concerned with patronage. Yep. And this is a really interesting position because what we see uh, in terms of the literature being produced under Claudius is a lot of the writers yes. are dedicating their works to this guy yeah, yeah. Uh, because he's the man who signs off on the funds uh, to keep writing. <laughs> Everyone's so clever. <laughs> <laughs> mm. And uh, lastly, Polybius, mm. a the chief librarian. So the guy that you go to when you want details, background checks, go yep. into the files, not just about books, yeah. uh, but, to, but to do with written records. It doesn't sound that powerful when you first say it. Like no, no. But uh, yeah, he certainly uh, comes to people's advice, uh, to, to their aid when they need advice on certain issues. Yeah. And he's known particularly for helping Seneca. Yep. Uh, I mean, the fact that these people, I mean, you know, Friedman, they're still not necessarily, obviously, given their background, hugely, uh, they wouldn't naturally catch the attention of senatorial writers, perhaps. But these people are obviously singled out because they're seen as being intimates, you know, of Claudius, being important to Claudius. Well, I, I don't think they would stand out necessarily so much in the history if it weren't for the fact that a lot of the activity exactly. surrounding Claudius ends mm. up being credited to them. Yes, now, exactly. Now, wh- whether, why is this? Yeah, why is exactly. this? Yeah. Is this a way of criticising Claudius for not having control over his own household? Exactly, and a dig at him for not letting the Senate do this kind of thing? Yeah, or, yeah. yeah. Is There seems to be various ways you could read the... Uh, appearance of these guys in the history exactly. as a negative yes. uh, for Claudius. A sort of backhand, like, oh, I'm just telling you what happened. But... Yeah. <laughs> or is it more the case that he's he's actually utilising them far more actively? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, legitimately, he needs help running the empire and mm. needs the guys to do it. Yeah. You know? Because, um, you know, slaves, although they were low social status, it doesn't necessarily mean that they are therefore uneducated, mm. incapable. You know, they could be highly educated. You know, then that's... <laughs> presumably... Well, the ones who get into these sort of positions. Exactly, presumably they are. Yeah, I exactly. mean, you have to know Greek, you have to know Latin. Exactly. Uh, have, yeah. a, have a flair for organisation, one would think. Got to show the skills. Yeah, man. exactly. So, I mean, these are people with, you know, with talents. Yeah. 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 So what we end up seeing in terms of, of Claudius's rule is a sense in which uh, he gets help where he can. Yes. And when he runs into trouble uh, trying to get to collaborate... Sometimes there's recourse to prescriptions. Mm. So there seems to be this sort of dual way of thinking about Claudius. Uh, the guy who's a good sort of administrator yep. uh, and the guy who maybe isn't quite confident about how to solve these problems when they crop up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So do you think we should perhaps leave it there? Because I think we're about to, in the next episode, delve into the far more scandalous side of things. Oh, yeah. So this was this was Claudius. Hello, Claudius. Yeah. <laughs> next episode, something far more interesting. Oh, yeah. Claudius because, uh, lies. You might think, 
from the way we've described him, that this is a guy who maybe couldn't pull the ladies. Well, oh no. Oh no. <laughs> how, how sad and wrong you are. <laughs> Be, tune in next time. Farewell. Farewell.